we, uh, we do indeed need the Lord. I mean, ab- absolutely need. Without him, whew, it's not just, it's not tough, it's not difficult, it's impossible to, uh, to live and to be the people that God has created us to be and called us to be and wants us to be. We can't fulfill our purpose in life unless we know the giver of life, the author of life. And it's the Lord. So uh, I kind of want to help you understand this, this idea of needing God. All right? So I want you to name just a few things, a few things that are absolute necessities for your life. All right? Here we go. We got one. Somebody said water. What? what here we go. Clothes, sleep. What else? Shelter, oxygen, water, we've been there before, food, God, all right, God, Lily, the spiritual answer is the way to go, it's good stuff, it's good stuff, all right, anything else you can think of, absolute necessities, I think you guys pretty much hit it there, spot on, we need air to breathe, we got to have it, without air, we die pretty quick, don't we, we, uh, we got to have food, we gotta have water. Those are necessities. Those, I mean, those are absolute necessities. I mean, stop and think about this. Okay, I, I know that there's a couple basic things that were mentioned out there that we'd count as a need, and rightly so. But do you have to have clothes in order to live? You don't. I do not want to see you walk around naked. But you don't have to have clothes to live. Do you have to have a shelter, like some kind of roof over your head, in order to to live? You don't. Uh, we like to think that you do. And like I said, none of us want to live homeless, right? So I'd, I'd consider those things needs as well. Um, but those are kind of, you know, you've got primary needs. Food you eat, water you drink, air you breathe. Secondary needs, still basic needs, food and, or, sorry, not food, but shelter and clothing, right? But then there are some things we think of as needs in our culture, right? In the place we live in our day and time. So what are some things that you've heard people say, I need this, or I've got to have this in order to live, but you actually don't have to have it? Or maybe you said it yourself. Raise your hand here so I can hear you better. Sean? Phone or internet or both, all right? Yeah. Money, all right? Yep. What? Jordans, okay, there you go. And not the Jordan Fraser, but like Jordans, right? We're talking, okay, good. It still hasn't changed since I wore them. All right, we're good. Yeah. A car? Yeah, all right. People say that, don't they? I mean, and you stop and think about it in our day and time. You really flip your lid, man, if, if you don't have a phone, don't you? I mean, how in the world can you access communication with people? You can't chap snap folks, and you can't tweet and do all that kind of fun stuff. You guys don't use Twitter, do you? Use Instagram. All right. And about you know, cars. I mean, God gave us these things called legs, but people don't know what it's like to use them to walk anymore. They just know how to push the gas pedal and sometimes the brake pedal, but mostly the gas pedal with them now, nowadays, don't they? Yeah. And pretty soon they won't have to use that if Tesla makes their awesome uh, autopilot vehicle and gets it worked out to where you don't die in a crash. All right. All right, so here we go. So when, uh, when we sang in that song, Lord, I need you, 
And when I say that we need God, what do you think that we mean, that I mean? What do you think that you mean when you sing those words, Lord, I need you? Do you think it's like one of those things that we don't really need, like a car or a phone or internet or Jordans? Or do you think it's like, God, we need you more than that, kind of like, like shelter and clothing? Or do you think it's like one of those absolute necessities of life, like air, like water, like food? What do you think? Which category does our need of God fall under? It is an absolute necessity. It is. You say, well, Jake, man, there's lots of people that are living on this earth without God in their life. Yeah, kind of, sort of. The Bible doesn't say that those people are actually living and experiencing the fullness of life. In fact, the Bible teaches us in Ephesians chapter 2 that everyone who doesn't know God is walking around as dead men in their trespasses and sins. So even though you might be breathing and eating and drinking and you might be wearing clothes and living with a roof over your head, that isn't necessarily what life is all about. It's not. There's more to it than that. And granted, I want you to have air to breathe. You want to be able to breathe, right, Trevor? Yeah. And I want you guys to have food to eat. I mean, we just ate back there uh, together in the Mac. I want you to have food to eat, water to drink, or sweet tea. Sweet tea's even better than water, isn't it? Okay, fine. It tastes better, at least. All right. And then, uh, and you know, we, I mean, everybody's wearing clothes tonight. I didn't see anybody walking naked. If you did, we'd have put you in clothing or kicked you out a long time ago, okay? And, um, and we've we got a place to go to tonight, a place where we can sleep. So, here's my question. Are you living just like as a human being, just functioning in daily life, or are you really living? Are you, are you really living with a fulfilled purpose? Are you really living in Christ? Do you really have life in God? Do you really know what it's like to be one of his children and to live as the person you were created to be and for whom Jesus died. What do you guys think? Here's what I want to do tonight. I want to talk to you about absolute necessity. You need God. In fact, I think you need God so much that he's given you a way that you can access him. All right? You need to talk to God, and you talk to God through something called, anybody? prayer, but even more so than you needing to talk to God, God needs to talk to you and you need to hear from him. Anybody want to guess how God speaks to our hearts and how God talks to us? Man, you guys are good. Through his word, through the Bible. You can talk to him in prayer. Yes, sir. That's good. And when the Lord talks to you and he speaks to your spirit, uh, sometimes he'd be in prayer. Sometimes it'd be kind of at random if you're walking with him. But he will never tell you anything in prayer or he'll never speak anything to your spirit that contradicts his word. He won't. His word's truth and it's given to us to guide us and to direct us and to challenge us, to correct us in life. 
So if you got a Bible, I want to ask you to open it to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Because I believe that the Bible is a necessity for life. In fact, so much so that you couldn't be saved if somebody didn't tell you who Jesus was by using God's word to tell you about it. So you might not have to have a physical copy of the Bible in your hands to become a Christian and accept Jesus in your life. But the only way somebody could tell you about Jesus is if they knew the Jesus that this Bible talked about. And that's how you became a Christian, when you believed in him. And so if you're going to grow as a Christian and you're going to experience life as God intended it, you're going to have to hear from him. You have to be in communication with him. You talk to him in prayer, but he speaks to you through his word. And as you read it, he will speak to your heart. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul is writing this letter to a young man named Timothy. That's why it's called Timothy. This was the second letter. That's why it's called 2 Timothy. All right? And keep in mind that uh, this is towards the end of Paul's life here on earth. Paul was in prison for preaching the gospel. He was awaiting trial in Rome. And these were some of the last things he was able to share with this young man in the faith named Timothy. Because Timothy was a man that Paul had shared the gospel with. He'd shared the gospel with his family. Timothy had come to know the Lord at an early age from his uh, grandmother and his mother, Lois and Eunice. And as he continues to grow in the faith... And Paul teaches him and others surround him with godly direction. Paul tells him something that I'm sure he already knew, but Paul wanted him to remember this always. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. Paul said, You, Timothy, however, continue in the things that you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Where did, Paul first, or where did Timothy first hear about God? His grandmother and his mother, right? Who else told Timothy about God? Paul, very good. Did these three people lie to Timothy? No, they told him the truth. They told him who God was. They taught him who God was. He said, believe what we've shared with you, remembering that we're people who loved you and who've told you the truth. Verse 15, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings. What do you think those are talking about, the sacred writings? All right, the Bible. More specific. Some, all right, the Old Testament laws. All right, that, this, this is better. You got to keep in mind the book of 2 Timothy is in the New Testament, right? It's the first time that Timothy's reading this is when Paul has written it to him. Timothy didn't grow up with the New Testament accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, like we've got. He grew up with some writings that are in the Bible. They called them the secret writings. The Old Testament is what we call it now. The Jewish people that believed in the one true God referred to these things as the law, the writings, and the prophets. Right? And so when Paul's telling Timothy... Remember these sacred writings. He is telling him, remember God's word. In other words, Timothy had a good chunk of the Bible already. He had the Old Testament. He had grown up knowing who God was from those pages as his grandmother and his mother taught him and as Paul himself taught him. Because Paul said, Timothy, those sacred writings 
aren't just words on pieces of paper. Look at what those sacred writings do at the end of verse 15. Paul says, from childhood you've known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Do you know why God gave us the Old Testament books in the first place? Paul just said it right there. What was it? So that we could be what? Somebody whispered it just a minute ago. So we could know Jesus, so we could be saved. That's why we have it. So that we can know God. So we can know who he is. So we can have a relationship with him. In other words, if God spent his time investing and inspiring people to write these words, he wanted people to read them so that they could have change and transformation in their heart and in their life. And here's what he goes on to say in verses 16 and 17. These are some of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. I learned them when I was about 14 years old. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be competent or adequately equipped for every good work. So, back to the original question at the outset of this message. Do you really need God, yes or no? Has God provided you a way to hear from him? Yes. In fact, we get a little bit of an advantage over Timothy. We don't just have the Old Testament. We also have the New Testament. And these words that are in here are words of truth and words of life. These words provide life and they give us hope and they help us grow in our faith. So if you need God and God's given you a way to get a hold of him and hear what he's saying... What do you think you should do with this? Boom. Read it. I know that that is just this craziest answer you never would have thought of before, isn't it? But here's the thing that's interesting. Would you like to know what the number one bestseller list is in in the United States of all time, any book ever published in English? The Bible. Would you just like to venture to explore with me a minute? How many of you have a copy of the Bible? Like on your phone or you got one at your house? How many of you have more than one? How many have more than two? How many have more than three? How many have more than four? Five? How many you got so many of them you're not exactly sure how many you have? Right? Now here's the other question. Maybe you want to raise your hand. I don't know. This might hurt a little bit. How many of you have actually read that? The whole thing? Yeah, good. All right. I don't ask you that to make you feel guilty. I ask you that so that you can realize the opportunity that you have. I mean, stop and think about this. The God of all the universe that made you and sent his only son to die for you, that God that you need desperately to give you meaning and purpose in life, has given you a book whereby you can read it and know him. He actually speaks to you while you read the verses of scripture. If you have a copy of it, you don't just get to read the Bible, you actually get to hear from God. And if you need him, and he's given you a way to know him, 
Wouldn't it make sense that we would read it and that we'd want to read it and get to know more and more and more of him every day? So if all scripture, Old Testament, and I'd even put New Testament in this category too, is given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that word inspiration is theonoustos, it means God breathed, right? Well, you see, the other place that God breathed in scripture, it's when he created Adam and Eve. You remember when he formed them out of the dust of the ground and he breathed into their nostrils the breath of life? What happened when God breathed into Adam and Eve? They came alive. What happened when God breathed through his messengers, through the prophets, through the lawgivers, and in the writings? His word comes to life. These are words of life from the giver of life. If all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, that means for the things that we believe. If it's profitable for not just for doctrine but for correction, that means God's able to actually challenge you and challenge others at points where you or they have sinned. You know what's really dangerous in this day and time to tell people that they're wrong or that they've done something wrong? But you know what God says? That's wrong. Don't do it. It's wrong. His truth doesn't change. It's always truth and it's always right. It doesn't just help us believe the right things. It also puts us on track for doing the right things, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That is, God didn't just give you his word so that you had a list of don't do these things. God gave you his word so that you would know how to live your life. There's the things that you should do, the things that can bring you real joy and peace and happiness and hope and love and life. I mean, think of the times in Scripture when we're told to walk in the Spirit and receive the benefits of walking step by step with the Lord. The praise team sang about it this morning, and Nick read a little Scripture. The, the kids, the little ones, are back in the back learning about the fruit of the Spirit tonight. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. God wants us to live in relationship with Him doing things that bring him honor and glory and doing things that help us grow and give us the blessings of life he wants us to experience. And he's given us all these things so that we may be competent or adequate, thoroughly equipped for every good work. When we open up God's word, and we'd spend time reading his word and studying his word and learning about his word and learning who he is and what he's saying to us and what he doesn't want us to do and what he does want us to do and how his holy character relates to us and our sinful state and condition, how he saved us, how he's in the process of molding us and transforming us and how one day he's going to come back to this earth to take us home to heaven so that we'll be glorified in perfection with him forever. There's all kinds of things that begin to unfold. So here's what I want to challenge you to do tonight. I want to challenge you to read God's word so that you can hear from him. Okay? So I'm going to give you one word, four letters, and I'm going to expect you to remember it. I'm going to expect you to do it. Okay? How can you hear from God? You read his word. Hear is your word. Everybody say hear. Not H-E-R-E, but H-E-A-R. You hear, hear from God. Here's the first way. Open up God's word. Find you a passage of scripture. Anybody come into Sunday school? 
these days? Do you know that in the front of your Sunday school book, you've got a little daily Bible reading plan that will actually help you read through the entire gospel of Mark from now until the end of May? It's pretty cool. If you'll pick that thing up and you'll read it, man, it'll be awesome. Anybody have a phone with a Bible app on it? Yeah? There's this really cool Bible app. If you don't have it on your phone, it's called Version. They've got all kinds of daily Bible reading plans on there. I encourage you to find one of those if you don't have a Sunday school book. So pick, pick a Bible reading plan and then sit down every day with the Lord by yourself. Get away from the distractions around you. Make sure that you set aside time to actually spend with God. You want to hear from him, right? If one of your friends wanted to talk to you about something serious, you probably wouldn't blow them off or talk to other people, right, Ethan? You'd actually be listening to them and zoned in instead of talking to your girlfriend in the back pew. So, he didn't even hear it, did he? All right, let's just keep going. You got, I know, I wasn't talking about you, Chris. But I, I will, too, if, if you want us to go there. All right, so, so here's the deal. So you pick up God's word. You open it up. And you just say something like this. God, speak to my heart. I want to hear from you. I want to know who you are. I want to hear you speak to me. And guess what? He will. Here's the first thing you do with hear. The H stands for highlight. Everybody say highlight. And maybe we want to take like one of those neon yellow highlighters and actually highlight one of the verses that you've read that just stands out to you. Maybe you want to write that verse down in a journal that you keep with you. Whatever the case, when you pick up God's word and you ask him to speak to your heart, he will. And there will be a verse or a phrase or even a few words that stand out to you more than the others. They'll almost kind of leap off the page and grab your heart. And you go, man, that's good. But you got to do more than just feel good when you read God's word. That's not the end goal. God doesn't just want you to pick up the Bible, read it, and feel good. He wants there to be more that happens. So you highlight a verse or a phrase or some words that stand out to you. And then what you do is explain. That's the E in the word here. It stands for explain. Everybody say explain. 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 So then you take this verse or this phrase or these words and you actually think through what they mean. Yes, I am actually asking you to use the brain God gave you to interact with him. And guess what? You can. Look, this is not like school homework that I'm making you do and that you're getting graded on. This is God wanting to talk to you. Make some time. Use your mind. Engage in study of the word. Explain what this verse, what this phrase, what these words mean. All right? And then as you go through and you begin to get a grip and a grasp on what the verse is saying then you've got to translate it into your own heart, into your own life. We use the word apply. Everybody say apply. apply. So you highlight, you explain, and then you apply. That is, when Paul was speaking to Timothy and telling him these words, Timothy, that you've grown up with in these sacred writings of the Old Testament Scripture, they've been given to you so that you can grow in godliness and learn how to live your, your, your Christian faith. When we talk about applying God's word to our lives, here's what we're saying. We're not just thinking about Paul talking to Timothy anymore. We're thinking about God speaking to our hearts. Did Paul tell Timothy to read God's word, to believe it and to live it? Yeah. 
Does God want us to read his word, to believe it, and to live it? Yeah. So it's more than just a history book and gaining knowledge. It's a living book that brings about transformation. In other words, there are things in your life that God is going to change. There's sin he's going to convict you over. There's commands that he's going to challenge you to do. He expects you to apply his word to your life. And it's at that point that you come to this point of decision. All right, God, I picked up the Bible. I read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. I prayed that you would speak to my heart. God, I read these verses, and verses 16 and 17 really stood out to me. So I highlighted those in my mind. And now I've explained them. I, I know what they mean, that your word is truth. It was given by inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that it's living, and that you want to change me through your word. God, I know if I apply this to my life, it means you want me to read your word, to believe your word, and to live your word. So God, now I have to decide. And this is the R for here. R stands for response or respond. Everybody say respond. When God speaks to you, he's going to expect you to do something. Did you know that? He will. He'll expect you to trust. He'll expect you to obey. He'll expect you to have faith. He'll expect you to love. He will expect you to go. Sometimes he'll expect you to stay. He'll expect you to work. He'll expect you to rest. He'll expect you to do what he's spoken to you about doing. And it's at that point, when you've heard from God, and you've needed him, and he's spoken to you, that then you can go, oh, God, this is my lost friend that I've been hanging out with every day for the last three weeks, that I have not once invited to church, that I have not once talked to Jesus about. And God, I know that you want me to invite them to the lock-in on Friday night. God, would you help me invite them to the lock-in so they can come and hear about Jesus? God, I picked up your word and I read through it. And God, I know that I have not been respecting my parents at home. I know that your word says to honor my father and mother, because it's the first commandment with the promise. God, will you forgive me for not honoring them and respecting their authority? And will you help me to live like the son or the daughter of the true king in heaven, despite if I like or don't like my parents? The Lord will speak to your heart about all kinds of things. And when he does, you have the chance and the opportunity and the privilege to respond to him. This is a good time to pray, to write out even what God wants you to do in your life. And here's the thing. If you really take time to hear from God, he will speak to you. He will speak to you. He wants to speak to you. See, here's the, here's the incredible thing to me. Let me go back to this original question again. Do we need God, yes or no? Yeah. Do we need to hear from God, yes or no? You ready for this? Has God spoken to you, yes or no? <laughs> Through his word, whether you want to hear it or not, he's spoken to you. Yes, he has. Here's the other thing. Does God want, does God want you 
Does he want a relationship with you? Does he want to speak to your heart? Does he want to help you grow in your faith? Does he want to give you life? Yeah, he does. As much as you need God, God wants you even more than you need him. Let that sink in. And man, when you go to bed tonight, maybe you just need to pray, Lord, I know I need you and I know I need to spend time in your word. I want it to become like the food that I eat, the water that I drink, the air that I breathe. God, I need you so desperately and God, I need to hear from you. Maybe you even before you close your eyes tonight, you need to take your Bible and spend some time hearing from God. Maybe you need to develop a habit of every morning waking up and spending a few minutes with him before you get ready to go off to school or to work. Would you take time to hear from God as he wants to speak to you? Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for loving us. We thank you for sending your only son to die on the cross for our sins, to give us life. God, I pray that we would recognize our need for you, our need of you, and that we'd take the time that we need to spend with you. Lord, I pray for each and every one who's here tonight. God, I pray that if they already are spending time with you in your word each day, hearing from you, that you would continue to speak to them and to change and transform and shape their lives. God, if they're here tonight and they don't spend time reading your word, studying the Bible so they can know who you are, I pray that you would give them the desire to do so. And Lord, that you would help them as they begin to develop this daily discipline of picking up the Bible, asking you to speak to them and reading through it. We thank you so much for loving us and for wanting to know us. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.